0: Seekers, explorers, and renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Archemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. I think one of the more popular concepts in terms of the self-development movement, or self-improvement movement, if you like, is the concept of empaths. And today we're going to discuss the concept of empaths, but also in relation to highly sensitive people. In our society and throughout history we can uh, see that sensitivity has been viewed as something that is undesirable and especially among men sensitivity is uh, not something that is uh, acceptable. But as we evolve and grow and become more familiar and connected with ourselves and each other we do realize that sensitivity is a necessity for the human experience and sensitivity is a superpower in many respects because sensitivity does allow us to perceive that which lays beyond our own personal interaction with the uh, physical or the uh, reality we have around us. In today's episode, we're going to explore the concepts of highly sensitive persons and empaths, as opposed to uh, the concept of sensitivity. So let's get started. Enjoy. She had a very inconvenient heart. It always insisted on feeling things ever so deeply. And this comes from John Mark Green. Um, Highly sensitive persons is a it's a personality or it's a trait uh, there's a cognitive trait of it but there's also a mental trait of it um, where it's it's a person with a high measure of sensory processing sensitivity uh, so what that means is that you as an HSP you feel things at a uh, a much deeper level than most others and they say about 20 percent of the population are uh, have this personality trait of hsp um, and it was first minted in the uh, in the 90s by elaine and arthur aaron who were, uh, psychiatrists and they did studies on uh, this concept and it was their work was kind of based on uh, Wolfgang Klage uh, his work from in the 1970s when he started to recognize that there were certain persons that felt things a lot uh, well they they could feel things uh, more intensely uh, than others and uh, so when we are looking at, at these These uh, HSPs, as well, (laughs) Um, it's not necessarily that they take on the emotion of another. It's just that when they feel something, they feel it very strongly. And it really becomes overpowering. And this is why in psychiatry, uh, they've kind of developed this concept and researched. Uh, this personality trait. And there is a, a questionnaire that uh, Elaine and Arthur Aaron developed to establish if someone is a highly sensitive person. And really what it does, if, you, if it's left unchecked, you end up running a very high level of stress function uh, all the time because you, you feel it so deeply that it, it really starts to affect your physical as well. Um, obviously it comes from the mental body as well, but uh, it's, you start to affect your uh, physical body because it, you're just feeling things all the time and you feel it deeper than everybody else. Um, so if anybody have been uh, kind of accused of being sensitive or you know, continuously people say, oh, just brush it off or, and you can't, you know, those are traits of someone who's highly sensitive. Now, as uh, the first part of today's uh, discussion, uh, we're talking about empaths. Empaths are highly sensitive persons that are a step more intense. Uh, and this is where uh, science is kind of split on the concept of empaths um, they're not there's not enough research as of yet for uh, science or psychiatry, psychiatry or the psychiatry community or psychological community to agree that this is an actual concept um, but i think uh, from a layman's perspective and someone who recognizes uh, myself as an empath, um, it's a very real concept. Um, And an empath is an HSP, a highly sensitive person who has the ability or the uh, burden, depending on how you look at it, and we'll go into that a little bit further as well, of actually taking on the emotions of others as if they were their own. So you not only feel things deeply, but you feel everybody else's emotions deeply as well. So now empath and empathy, closely linked words, difference being if you, if you have empathy, uh, then you recognize the feeling or idea within uh, someone else. You may not necessarily uh, Feel that emotion as if it was your own, but you can recognize the emotion of someone else because it's you. Typically, you have a high, high uh, emotional intelligence, and you've allowed yourself to experience these different emotions. So you can recognize it with someone else. Now, an empath don't only recognize the emotion with someone else; they will take that. They will feel that within their body as if it was their own. So that's the main difference there between someone who's empathetic and someone who's an empath. Now, when they are looking at, from a scientific perspective, they have discovered that we have these, what they call mirror neurons. So if, if you're talking to someone and you're in a deep discussion, you will both tend to start mirroring each other in terms of um, tone of voice, uh, excitement level, uh, the emotions that you feel, you can feel excitement. So you start to kind of mimic each other. Now, uh, being, if you, um, so if you're, you're an empath, you don't even need to go that deep. I mean, you don't even need to be in the same location as someone. To take on their emotions it could it's just someone that you have a connection with Um, so these mirror neurons are uh, we all have them and you'll probably notice uh, you know if you're at a party or something and there are you know you're talking to some people that are not very exciting then you will start to get kind of monotone in your own voice you will start to kind of be bored as it were but of course that has nothing to do with mirror neurons but you'll start to not recognize yourself because perhaps you're usually the life of the party and now you're standing here and you're you're feeling yourself being kind of boring now if you move away and you start talking to someone else who's more excitable then you will start you can start to mirror that and of course if you are typically the person who sits in the, in the sofa and observes things and you're talking to someone who's excitable and you start mirror that, you can notice that too. So these mirror neurons is a pretty new concept and it's, it is a pathway into discovering more about uh, this concept of being an empath. So now let's look in the uh, chat here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, being an empath is draining, and we'll go into uh, to that a little bit uh, later here as well. Uh, now, oftentimes, people will confuse the definition of an empath with someone who's sentient. Now, someone who's sentient is uh, someone who can, who feel have extrasensory uh, ESP, extra, extrasensory perception uh, through the feelings. So you may be familiar of the con- with the concept of uh, clairvoyance uh, where people will, it's essentially, it's French for clear seeing. Um, so sentient is clear uh, feeling. So any information that you get uh, through intuition or what, uh, whatever it may be, guidance or uh, something else you if you're clairsentient or if you're using your clairsentient uh, senses then you will get that information through uh, your feelings so someone who's an empath isn't always clairsentient but if you're clairsentient oftentimes you're an empath so one precedes the other but not the other way around um, and in my own experience, anyway, uh, classentians kind of comes out of becoming a trained empath. Uh, it's kind of one of the uh, bene- oh, side side effects that come out of it. So, so we'll go in and uh, we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Um, but uh, classentians they tend to uh, if you're Clasentian, you pick up the context of the energy that you pick up. But that also is, then you have an awareness of the energy that, or the emotion that you're picking up that you feel in your body. And you'll, there'll be a, you'll have an intuitive sense of the context behind the information. So uh, if I pick up on an emotion from someone else, I can then feel that in my body and I will know that it doesn't belong to me, it belongs to someone else and I can then go in and uh, understand the context behind a, why I picked it up and why uh, this emotion is being felt within me. And um, But that then also allows me to release it which is very important and we'll go and talk about that in a minute as well.
1: Well, I know that you and I have discussed this before, Christopher, that I'm an AM FM dial, just like you are in the sense of where it depends on the situation as to what it is. And I think that when you're an HSP and or an empath and all of those other things too, it's very, very difficult to kind of maneuver. There was that, that one movie with, um, he played Tarzan, um, where it was like, he was talking about the fact that, you know, that women wanted a sensitive man. And then ends up on the beach and he's looking at the sunset and he's crying because it's like, oh my God, it's like so beautiful. And the girl's like, oh my God, I cannot be with this person because he's just so overly sensitive. Yeah, Brendan Fraser, um, yes. if you remember that movie. And then some dude walks up and goes, hey, you want to go get a beer? And this girl goes, uh, yeah. And she like totally bails on him because she's like, I can't handle this. And it's, it's something where I think it's trying to learn how to live in that environment. Because when you go out and you're picking up everybody else's frequencies, is oftentimes really, really difficult. But then if you can kind of do the inner work, you'll be able to find out which frequencies are yours and which are not, and then you also choose the people that you surround yourself with, that makes a huge difference. And that's also one of the reasons to me that I think that toxicity in the workplace is so difficult because when people have this impression that somehow I pay you, so therefore I get to treat you however I want to, which is rampant in the workplace, I think for a lot of HSPs and empathic people, that's very, very difficult. And I know for, for me personally, it did end up coming through my body as a physical illness because it was this over overactive stress. And for a lot of people, they can get Addison's, um, they can get immunocompromisation and other things where their adrenals completely shut down because they are feeling like they're completely on high alert all the time. So learning to work with this is very difficult for a lot of people, but by the same token, it's also your superpower. So it's really important to figure out how to work with it.
0: Absolutely. And thank you, Barbie, for bringing kind of a a real-world example into it. And yeah, if you think of it as your, essentially, external external sources are firing your uh, nervous system all the time, so your uh, adrenals are firing off constantly, from an external source that you don't control, um, then you often you end up with these types of uh, illnesses that are connected to the adrenal system, connected to uh, stomach or intestinal system, uh, because this is where a lot of a lot of uh, the stress hormones kind of affect, right? Uh, so it it is something that I think it's it's really important that the scientific community or the psychological community pick up on it and really start to research in a more serious way because it is something that really affects people uh, physically. And, I mean, personally, I've, I've had to work really hard on uh, being able, A, to recognize... You know, what does this mean to me? And then to build up a system for myself to, as Barbie says, you know, develop it into where it becomes my superpower as opposed to my burden. Um, And uh, so you have the trained empath and the the untrained empath. Um, And, of course, if you're not aware that you're an empath, then it's a little difficult to train yourself to. Uh, to work with it, but uh, we'll uh, take <laughs> take a look at that, uh, some of the traits so that you can uh, perhaps know for yourself. Um, and kind of when I started looking at this for myself, I asked someone who uh, presented herself as uh, someone who uh, trained and uh, trained empaths to develop into a superpower. You know, how do you know if you're an empath? And the answer she gave me was, you know, quite ambiguous, but I can understand it. Uh, She said, well, only you can know. It's like being in love. Only you will know. Only you know how it feels. Um, So it's, I think a lot of times it's learning by doing and learning by experiencing. Uh, Like many of these things that we work on within uh, personal development. So, you know, whether it's a superpower or a burden, it's all down to how you perceive it and how you work with it. Uh, Now, if you find yourself uh, in big crowds or in situations where there are a lot of emotions, like sporting events, parties, parties, train stations, airports, you know whether people are of you know, either stressed or they' you know they're overjoyous or whatever it may be, or you could be in a demonstration where there's a lot of anger or frustration, if you start to feel yourself overwhelmed in those situations then you have no you don't, you don't understand why there is a big chance that you are taking on these energies for yourself. Now, just taking on the energies doesn't necessarily mean that you're an empath. It's actually taking on the emotions of people around you that then uh, would be that kind of part of it that that would define you as an empath.
1: That I think the other part that's a difficult part though, like what you were talking about with love is the fact that if someone has been unsuccessful and it's never worked out for them the way that they wanted it to work out for them, then maybe their definition is also screwed up because that's the part about where when people look at a lot of things from how it resonates, they have a certain idea of what it is. And it's even, I had this conversation with somebody yesterday about the fact that what is considered light and what is considered dark is also considered to be based on conditioning, based on your culture, based on your religious upbringing, your you know, the messages that you got when you were younger. And I just did a clearing for somebody who is very successful, but they are trying to figure out why more money isn't coming from them. And I said, well, I I tuned in and figured out that, you know, that they had a, I said, what about a piggy bank for you? And did you have a piggy bank? And she said, actually, I did have a piggy bank, but it wasn't one that my mom gave me because my mom told me she didn't believe in having piggy banks because they were stupid for children to have. And so, basically, she said she made it out of a milk carton. So she made her own milk carton, and she like she decorated it, and she was collecting all these coins. And then she ended up getting eighty dollars worth of um, coins. She took to the bank, and none of the bankers would take her money. She was in Croatia or Bosnia in the in, during Soviet times, and they didn't want to take her money. So she had believed somehow this limiting belief. That you know nobody believes in me making money, and then she's like an eight-year-old child going into the bank with like all these coins, and nobody wants to take them because none of the tellers wanted to do the work. So somehow she internalized the idea that money was something that she wasn't able to have, or that people didn't want her to have, or that you know money is a lot of work. So as a result, it, it ends up becoming where it's like we have these things that get conditioned in us, and so it's something like as obtuse and as vague and as you know out there. As something like love or different feelings etc., etc., that we have a lot of times we've miswired them with different messages that we've gotten and so therefore that's the untangling process that's the most important thing for hsps and empaths and, and other people is that what does that actually look like if it is in a healthy way that you're wanting to manifest and pull it forward what does it look like to feel good in a successful job what does that look like to be in this that whatever because it's literally if we haven't gotten what we wanted up until this point we keep searching for that thing that we think is going to make us happy based on an old model, thinking that we know what it resonates and what it feels like, et cetera, then technically we're, we're really shooting ourselves in the foot because we're not opening ourselves to the next step, the next something over what that would actually look like because a lot of times it's very different. My, my whole life for the last two years doesn't look the same. And these are all things that I've opened myself up to that I would never in a million years have ever thought that I was even you know deserving of or capable of, et cetera. But here it is. And so therefore it's like, you know, if I had said, oh, that's not me, et cetera, that's not me because it doesn't resemble older versions of me, then I would have said no to all these opportunities. So I just want to put that out there that we really have to kind of get into the weeds of a lot of these things to really see, is that really what I think this is, or that, because a lot of it is miswiring.
0: Yeah, and if it's a concept that is not recognized then and people are constantly you know complaining that you're too sensitive or you're just taking things on yourself and you know allowing people to get to you whatever it may be and that you're oh you can't even be at a party you just get overwhelmed and you want to leave or whatever it is uh you know then of course you're going to start to pull away and you're going to shut down those aspects within yourself i mean that's as a man growing up in in western europe you know um i heard a lot when i was a kid that you know stop being so sensitive and you know it took a good uh, 44 years before i started to embrace that and say you know what perhaps I'm not the one who needs to change. Uh, you know, I don't, I can be myself and, you know, start to recognize that within myself. Uh, so way you're describing about the, uh, starting to recognize that, you know, the concept of money that someone has been programmed with uh, th- it doesn't resonate with that person any longer. Um, and that way you can then move into using your experiences uh, to your advantage. So, I mean, from, from that perspective, we we're talking about being an empath as a superpower. Um, what really does what does that mean? So, what is the benefit of being able to feel other people's emotions? Um, and if you're a psychotherapist or a coach or you are a boss essentially if you're a boss of someone you are a coach Um, then it's very useful or if you're in a relationship it's tremendously useful now it's not very useful if you don't know that it's happening to you but every time you show up with this an employee who's having trouble at home and they have all this stress and anxiety within them every time you meet this person you get anxious your anxiety is firing and you don't understand why then you're going to uh, tie that in with being around that person so you're going to be i don't like this person i don't want to be around this person now if you recognize that it's something you're picking up from them then you can turn around and say Hmm, what I'm picking up this emotion from this person. It doesn't feel good. So what must it be like being that person having those feelings within themselves? And then you can engage in a gentle dialogue to say, is everything okay? And as you start to recognize it within yourself and you start to feel gratitude and build awareness around it you're now starting to develop that class sentience. and you are now starting to get the context behind it and that is really key now if you don't have any energetic boundaries you are going to have these things show up willy nilly without you having any power uh, over them as it were Uh, So oftentimes, you know, we we have our aura and our energetic body around us. And oftentimes, if you're an empath, you, it's the, the the boundaries are too porous. So you, you, things just come in and just assimilate into your own energy as if they were your own. Now, if you can develop a, Kind of a, 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 an intuition to what energy comes in, and also to kind of tighten up that energy boundary a bit. To say, you know, okay, whatever comes in, I want to know about it, but I'm not going to allow it to assimilate. So if something comes in and changes your baseline, you recognize it, and you go, okay, interesting. Why? Why do I feel this feeling? Does this come from me? And then you can intuitively know if it's yours or not so say for example suddenly you start to feel a level of anxiety and you say okay well this is interesting i'm starting to feel a bit anxious and you ask within yourself does this belong to me and intuitively you get that feeling of perhaps you immediately get to know and then you can say okay i release it since you haven't assimilated the energy into yourself it easily releases now oftentimes what happens is that the way for that anxiety to come to you is that you hold a level of anxiety yourself so there there is a an an attraction for that anxiety to come in so oftentimes what i ask is how much uh, uh, is, is some part of this anxiety mine and perhaps I get, yeah, five, percent And then I can say, okay, well, release the, you know, 90, 95% that don't belong to me. And then I can start to work with the, the five, 10% that, of anxiety that I hold. Or I can then start to say, oh, ask myself questions. All right, where, where is this coming from? Where, why am I feeling this level of anxiety? Um, yeah, exactly. It's like resonance, you know. Uh, It's the same thing when you're triggered the only reason or the only way for you to get triggered is to that you hold an unhealed aspect of what is triggering you within yourself if you didn't hold that you wouldn't be triggered you wouldn't be it would not be something that would concern you at all so and it works the same way with the with the these emotions and energies and of course Any range of emotion you are going to hold, you're going to have felt sadness or sorrow or joy or bliss or you know, any of these emotions, so that there are often always an aspect of them within you. But I feel it's oftentimes when there is something that comes up that it starts to attract something, so perhaps there is uh, sadness that i haven't uh, healed within myself then typically i will attract the sadness from someone else uh, that then amplifies the feeling or the emotion within myself and then i can uh, and if i show gratitude for this showing up because now i can start working on it and if it's not there to brought to my awareness, then I can't work on it. Then I can't heal it. So showing the gratitude allows me to continuously work with it. And when you develop this intuition further, perhaps the sadness now start to communicate to you, to say, well, actually, I come from this person. And this person would actually benefit from you reaching out to them. So there are. Uh, this is how you can start to develop empath or uh, your empath uh, skills, or your uh, sensitivities into that superpower.
1: I think it's it's still it's the it's really the unraveling. You know, most of the people that are here are going to be have found you through Mind Valley, and that's the part about it. it's the it's the intentional reprogramming of things of where you you don't see yourself as this being a, a hindrance. It's like it's really when you when you accept and you acknowledge this as your superpower you have these different opportunities to be able to look at your limiting beliefs and also pulling in the opportunity to kind of transmute a lot of these different things and it's also something of where i you know you and i christopher have taught a class of spiritual hygiene about the sense of where you start to gamify things and you start to see whether or not they start coming forward or not and asking you know, if you feel there are certain people that are energy vampires and that's just the reality. And a lot of times what, what will happen is that, um, you know, the human, when they're actualized and when you're manifesting, you're expanded and it's almost like 20 to 30 feet outside of yourself. So it's kind of like when someone comes into a room who's very bright, and shiny, it's like all, you know, they call those people head turners. And I know a lot of times I walk into a room and everybody turns my direction and, and it's either, I, I generally attract very extreme polarities in people, people either love me or they cannot stand me. It's just like, that's that's something of where you have to kind of work with that for yourself. And also in the sense of where a lot of times people have told me my, my volume is too high, I'm like turn it down, turn it down. And I realized that when I was at parties or other events with people, that if I was in a great mood and everything was fantastic and fabulous, everybody, they're like the best party ever. And if I was in a bad mood and I wasn't happy or I was angry, fights would break out. I mean, it was literally, I would start to see that there was this correlation between my emotions that I was bringing forward. And so as a result, that becomes a huge responsibility to feel like you have that much of a, you know, of, a, of a, an impact in the way that people are in, in groups, et cetera. So for the most part, I kind of made in myself almost like a turtle of where I pulled it all in because then that way, then I don't have to have it where I'm affecting other people in that sense. But now that's the part that's been the flip side is that because now that's my superpower. When I do talks and things like that, people say that my vibrational frequency is so high for them that it literally uplifts them and it can make them have a better day. Or, you know, it's almost like having two jolts of, you know, a Red Bull or coffee, et cetera. Cause it's when you're in high frequency, you have that opportunity to be able to do that. So if that's my superpower, my gift, then I have to selectively decide where I want to show up as opposed to the other way around. And it's the different people. Sometimes you're going to have to let go of certain people because they're not going to vibrate and resonate at the level that you need them to vibrate at, or, you know, vice versa. So it's really, really coming at it from the perspective of an intentionality and that you're not weird. You know, I mean they have th- these concepts of indigo and crystal and rainbow children. And I would recommend that your audience look those up because a lot of people will resonate with the fact that they've come in through those kind of things. And when you see that you are, your specialness is what makes you somebody that other people will resonate for. A lot of people say, well, how do I find more clients? How do I find what job that I need to do, et cetera, et cetera. You need to find the thing that is the most beautiful thing that made you happy when you were a child, because if you can take that and capitalize it and turn it into a career, you will literally technically never work a day in your life because you will be in so much joy about the things that you were doing. And for me, I've actualized that in the sense of where you know, I tell the story of being eight years old with uh, my mom's candy high heels and my little satin nightgown and my colored carved wooden baseball bat singing my heart out in the living room to thousands of people that were listening to me sing. And now I'm basically, you know, on world stages doing international speaking for different people to be able to uplift and, and motivate and inspire. So from that perspective, it's the fact, fact that this is what I was born to do, but I'd been held back and pushed down and you know cast aside for so many years because it was just I didn't fit in in a lot of these spaces so instead it's like that ugly duckling story you know if you're around all these ugly ducklings etc go find your swans mm-hmm. go find your swans the people your tribe the people who will love you and will see you and they will celebrate you and they will want you to succeed and they really really want the best for you those are the people you need to find and that's why i'm so grateful in the last 2 years that I feel like I've, I've surrounded myself with loving, beautiful people, and some of them on this call, that literally have allowed me to step into my greatness while we're also celebrating each other's greatness. So it's, it's, it's really having that opportunity of who, who are you, but look at the things that you are that are positive. And I'm sure that if you started to really, really look, you would find all these things that have been themes and patterns throughout your life, And now, how can you capitalize on that? How can you bring that best part of yourself forward?
0: Yeah, perfect example of how how to turn something that is a burden into a superpower. Thank you, Barbie. And as always, you bring uh, such energy into uh, your words and uh, you, you uplift the energy. So we appreciate that. Thank you.
2: Yeah, wonderful share by Barbie. I I totally agree. Yeah, just surround yourself with the beautiful people. But one thing, I had a problem because like I didn't know which are my values at the beginning. And I was thinking everybody have the same things as I have. As it it goes, I, I learned that there are so many things that I did that like they are so unusual and brave to others. And just like sharing your story I think is the thing that like once you became very confident and sharing your story honestly and going deep to the roots of the beginning this is Barbie sharing like then you come to the moment that like you know what you really wanted from the very beginning but like it's the hard way going further and returning back to find what you really like and the self-discovery I think it's a process it's not something that come very easily so Thank you for opening this beautiful topic. Uh, I I, I learned a lot already, and I think we'll learn more. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you very much, Anna. And uh, I I think you you hit on a very important aspect there, and it is the self-discovery. It is, you know, as you start, if you develop a practice, and you guys have heard me talk about this before as well, developing a practice of observing yourself on a daily basis as a moment to moment and you can start to allow yourself to experience the emotions that you have that actually belong to you and they don't become as you know we we are raised to believe that emotions are bad and dangerous and they are to be avoided at all costs um, but we actually embrace them and allow ourselves to feel them, um, then we develop our own e- e- emotional intelligence, which then allows us to become more empathetic. So we, the only way I'm going to become empathetic is to uh, allow myself to feel the emotions because then I can actually say, oh, this is this emotion. So once I felt it, I will recognize it next time again. Now, if someone else is having an emotion and I don't recognize it, then I can't be empathetic with them, because I there is no uh, resonance. There is no uh, I don't resonate with it. So the only way to get empathetic is to allow myself to feel the full spectrum of emotions that I can. And this is also the work you know we do within the infinity life, for example, to allow ourselves to continuously just uh, these stuck emotions that we have within us to allow those to come up and be recognized and acknowledged. That then allows us to uh, develop this uh, empathy for others, but also as a highly sensitive person or as an empath, you can, you will then recognize, start to recognize also within yourself. You, you start developing this intuition for what belongs to you, what, what doesn't. And also, if you then recognize that emotion within someone else, you will then start to have empathy for that on a very deep level. So, this is where the superpower of empath, of being an empath comes in is that you will be able to have empathy at such a deep level that you will become part of that person's healing process. And that is super powerful to be able to sit in someone's uh, space and allow them to feel what they feel while you're you're just holding space with them and holding energy with them that then becomes part of their healing process, and I mean, we talk about this in uh, psychotherapy. You know, one of uh, if you're an untrained psychotherapist, uh, oftentimes when people start crying, for example, in the in the uh, therapy room, or they, uh, you know, they they're talking about something. Uh, emotional or something like that It's we're very quick to jump in or if there's a silence for example we're very quick to want, want to jump in and interrupt that uh, because it's it feels uncomfortable right but now if we can recognize the, the emotion and the energy that is prevailing in this situation then we're, we're quite comfortable sitting with that too so uh, just Allowing someone to sit and experience themselves is—it can be a, a cathartic all on its And this is where we develop this into uh, the superpower. We de- develop our boundaries to understand, you know, what belongs to me and what doesn't. And um, you know, as Barbara was talking about energy vampires, you know, if someone comes around you there's an energy vampire you will notice that immediately and you can then kind of cut the cord to that person and not allow that person to uh, siphon off energy from you but if you don't have those boundaries you won't even recognize it right and it's developing this awareness about yourself because if you are observing yourself then you have that you developing this new relationship and awareness with yourself and you will know exactly what's going on in your body so if you have you know say there's a slight muscle tension in your right hip for example to me and that might be different for others but to me that would be oh i'm holding on to anger for some reason why is it that and then i can go in and i can go you know, okay i understand i recognize this I can start, and um, I use a technique called uh, felt sense, uh, which is basically I bring awareness to an area where I'm holding attention, um, and then I just observe. And it's like in quantum physics. Once you start observing it, it can't stay the same. And then it starts to move, it starts to release, and then it'll actually start communicating with you and start telling you a story. Uh, now this is a way for you to develop that awareness with yourself. So if there is something, uh, as an empath, if you do take on someone else's uh, emotions, you will recognize it. And you can then start to observe it. And you develop that awareness with anything that comes to you. Now, there's a plethora of other uh, ways that you can use this as a superpower, um, you know, whether you know you work with mediumship or you work with uh, psychic readings or what have you. Uh, developing this deep understanding within yourself will allow you to have have that uh, relationship with the energies that come into your uh, sphere and kind of um, they start to communicate with you. I love
2: what you just shared because like then it's when we go to that level you go very easy to pick up your niche just as Barbie shared she 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 wanted to be a singer then now she's teaching and once you're successful you went through that road then your niche is everyone that didn't fulfill them children's dream Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to go to the direction of like your self-discovery and then presenting it because you're authentic there and uh, you feel that uh, need and desire, uh, yeah, very beautiful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's you know when one of the well, my massive transformative purposes that I've kind of put out there in the world is to empower humanity to uh, prioritize purpose. Now, I was searching for my own purpose for you know a good forty odd years. Um, but uh, like Barbie, the the it was only when I started looking back and seeing kind of what I naturally gravitated towards when I was in my younger years, or rather, what why people gravitated towards me, that I started to understand what my you know what's my passion, what's my purpose, um, and part of that was that you know people always laugh when i was in my younger teenage years people just come up and share their problems with me i did not understand why it was like all right (laughs) do you think you i can help you or something you know they they would just come up and chatting and suddenly they'll share you know uh, just offload their problems on me um and as an empath that was quite uncomfortable because i would then take on that emotion for myself and uh, it was really challenging uh, at that age uh, but now when i understand it it allows me to help my clients on a completely different level
1: i have to laugh about that too because it's something of where i always had that of where people you know they have opportunity to go speak to someone professional etc and they're like oh no no i just I need to tell you all this stuff. And I mean, there's secrets that you know I'll take to my grave because I just wanted to share with me. But it's also, it's funny too, how certain people present because I, I just must look like an authority on a lot of things too, because either I have these beautiful experiences of where my energy shows up. And as I've shared before about, you know, I have a personal shopper at Costco who just wants to like, you know, oh, you like this Italian sparkling water? Can I help you with this? Can I help you with that? And um, for those of you guys that don't know what Costco is, you basically have the you know, the cash register people, and there's nobody else to find in this giant football, you know, size store, and to have somebody who wants to, like, literally walk you around all over the place is, like, you know, unheard of, and, and it's too, it's always hilarious that people always ask me directions, they want me to know, like, you know, they, they say, oh, can you tell me with this, and do you know where this is, and do you know where that is, and I don't know why, but I just must look like, you know like information in the States, it's 411 information, but people always ask me these random things like, oh, do you know where I can find this? And, oh, do you know where the, even in grocery stores ask me like, oh, can you help me with this? And I'm just always going like, okay, I don't know why. But the, the thing that's always the funniest is that I almost always know. That's the part that's the most hilarious part. So, and then my relatives, cause I'm a polyglot and I still don't know how I do this, but my relatives always laugh, my nephew laughs that when we go to different places around the world, you know, I'm in Italy. And we were trying to find the Uffizi and we couldn't find it. And so I literally just walked up and said, I speak Italian. And then I walked up to this lady, spoke Italian, asked her where it was. She gave me the directions. Then I went back and I told them where to go. It was exactly where we needed to go. But then my nephew's looking at me like, how'd you do that? He's like, do you speak Italian? And I'm like, no. But in the moment I was just like, I speak Italian. So I think as an HSP and an empath, it's like literally that mirror neurons of where you can almost like literally get into the energy of other people. And I've done that all over the world. So it's really to me, I don't know that is kind of a superpower, but it's a it's actually really fun and it can get you out of jams, especially when you don't know the language.
0: <laughs> well, no, and I I think you're absolutely right in that if you are that sensitive to energy, you don't need. Well, you and I both know that, you know, when you when we do energy clearings, you, you don't sp- you don't speak that language. there is no language. It, it, you just feel it. And I mean, I've had experiences where I worked with clients, and suddenly I, will hear like a foreign word that I don't know what it is. But the person I'm, I'm working with, I share it with them, and they're like, "Yeah, that means that in my, in my language." Uh, so often. Oftentimes, if you have that sensitivity, you don't even need to know the language. The, it's you tune in on that level and you just understand it anyway. Right, Barbie? Yes, absolutely. I haven't <laughs> go to
1: work, so thank you for this session, but I really appreciate it. And absolutely, I agree with you.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Barbie. I'm sure a lot of you feel, you know, when you walk into like a supermarket or convenience store or you go to the airport or something like that you feel overwhelmed right so what is it that makes you feel
3: overwhelmed so christopher i'll go so i work in a very as you know as you're aware i work in a very uh different job to most people where we're at sea and we're in a confined space Mm -hmm. so it's often quite interesting that over time that there can be this uh, you might not be an empath, but you start to pick up on people's vibrations quite, quite uh, significantly. And it uh, can actually change the mood of, of the boat and uh, the energy of actually how you start your day or finish your day. Um, so for me, it's, it's it's hearing you talk about it. I can relate to it because it, it is, you can, you sort of shut yourself for the rest of the world, but you are also in, uh, close proximity to these people day mm. and night for extended periods of time so you actually start to uh, sort of have that synchronicity or of of, uh, of emotions and and feelings going on um, I'd be interested in doing that empath test if you could send post the link that would be all, all the resources for doing doing a test would be awesome
0: yeah so post that in the oh. uh, telegram group and absolutely the developing that sensitivity uh, and that would then go into perhaps uh, more in the clairsentience um, aspect of uh, sensitivity where you start to pick up on uh, the energies around you. Doesn't necessarily mean that you take them on as your own, but they can still be overwhelming uh, or they can still overload your system. Um, Now, if, you, if they overload your system, that could be because your, your boundaries are not, uh, you, you're not in control of your boundaries. Um, and then oftentimes what happens then is that we start reacting to someone else's level of stress, right? So being able to be aware of that and release it will then allow us to Uh, go in and help them settle their stress situation as opposed to uh, amplifying it
3: yeah it's because on that note if you're saying that it's very interesting like if one person comes to you and says oh have you noticed about this such and such actual fact by the end of a week or a month that one thing that's possibly annoyed just one person actually annoys everybody yeah and so it's actually if you can control that instead of actually raising it as a situation or saying you know like actually getting rid of the nervous energy from yourself then it actually diffuses. it actually going anywhere else as well
0: yeah and it's like barbie was saying before you know if you you can either become part of the problem or you can become part of the solution so if if you walk into a room where someone's had a fight recently you can oftentimes feel certain vibration in the air it's like a, a kind of pressured uh, environment um, if you're able to walk in with strong boundaries and keep your frequency high and ho- keep your energy high you can actually flip the energy in the room to the positive so now people can feed off of the energy that you bring into the room so they can then become uh, relieve themselves of their own stresses. Now, if you walk into a room and you start to take that on, you become part of amplification of what's already there, as opposed to healing what's uh, uh, what can be healed in the room. But that's again, it's part of you know, knowing your boundaries and also being able to move in with intention and being able to observe yourself because if you're constantly in your head and you get overwhelmed you're going to react from that perspective and you're not going to be aware of whatever comes up you're just going to react from it so it's this process of observing yourself uh, that will then help you to say okay well i noticed there's a overwhelm in my body now where is that coming from is that coming from me Uh, can I release it all right so just release that I don't need to concern myself with that I can keep my frequency high etc etc uh,
2: I, I was thinking just by your share and by share like uh, being a mom of four uh, my children see their like them and abilities like they don't have any blockages they don't see languages they don't see color nothing quite scary for them they just go and speak and I believe this is the approach that we all had at one point of our life just the conditioning like really stops us from like having this unlimited openness to to learning and just sharing what what we really feel and I think that the children can be the best coaches on this topic because they just see that they, they just feel they just understand the whole energy and they just don't go to some people, just as you shared, like they just don't go to speak to some people and they can feel straight away that these people will be not nice. Mm-hmm. And we lose this somewhere at some point in our life. And yeah, it, it's a pity, but like, it's very beautiful like that they don't feel blockage in front of language. They just start sharing with hands something and they, they feel that they'll understand the other language actually. So it's like really incredible, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, you're absolutely right, and uh, I often say that my children are my best teachers because uh, they they will not hold back. You know, if I if I come home and I'm I'm stressed out or something, they will pick up on that and they'll reflect that right back at you. Uh, so if if you're not dealing with your own uh, BS, they will <laughs> they they will make you uh, uh, suffer for it. Uh, so yeah, no, it is. A very good way because they they will reflect that right back at you and then you can say okay well where's this coming from because they will not unless they have something going on in their lives uh, they will not typically hold that for very long um but but that then if you are able to deal with your B.S. and you can clear that out, you will then be able to serve them in a much better way as well. Uh, you know, if something happened at school and oftentimes I know with my children, you know, they they don't want to talk about that thing that happens at school. It might take them three or four days before they actually come out with whatever happened. They might be in the fight, you know, they had a fight with a friend or something like that. Um, but if you can tune into it, then you can be there as a resource for them in a different way. Um, so we had someone in the chat here saying that you can be a superpower in some environments, but it can be draining when you're working with highly competitive people. That's, and uh, like I always say as well, crisis doesn't bring out the best in people. Crisis brings out the lowest level of preparedness in people. And it's the same thing here. If you're working in an environment with uh, competitive people, then all that is that you need to be even more aware of your boundaries, even more aware of your, uh, your sensitivities. So if, if there is that kind of energy, then you know at any given moment that you either choose to take it on or not it's always a choice and choice is the first superpower that we have so if if you say no i choose to not take this on Uh, i choose to hold a high frequency and you know if that dude over there is uh you know throwing a fit that's his journey not mine then you're able to build up these boundaries and say, you know, I accept everybody else's uh, choice in their journeys. Um, So if I have my uh, energy around me, my aura, I'm responsible for the energy in in this space. And I accept and I approve for everybody else outside of that space to have their journey, to have their energy, to have their Uh, experiences now if you start taking on some of that energy then you you're essentially uh, saying that you know what I don't like that I don't want that because then you're starting to take it on and you start to get triggered by it so perhaps then instead just radical acceptance will help to build boundaries in those really, uh, high pressure environments. And yeah, it, it is challenging. It's, you know, even though it's, you have the ability to uh, work with that, uh, with those boundaries and that acceptance doesn't make it any easier for sure, but you still have the ability to do that. So, the being an empath or highly sensitive person can be a superpower in any given environment. So you take someone like uh, Mother Teresa, for example, she worked in the most horrible conditions, doing what she could to help alleviate some of the, uh, the pain and suffering that she was seeing around her. But she was able to hold this frequency high throughout her life, even though it must've been really challenging. But she also, you know, from her perspective, she accepted that all those children around her had their own journey, they had their own choices. She just gave them an opportunity to uh, choose something different. And that's what we can bring into the environments that we go into. You know, when you start developing this, uh, these, uh, this superpower within you, if you choose to bring that into an environment, then not everybody is going to resp- respond to it, but there might be some. And the longer you exist in that environment at the higher frequency, the more people is going to rest, start resonating with it so keep that in mind that whatever environment you're in you can always bring the best version of yourself there and always show up as a role model and that can then be become part of your uh, superpower so keep that in mind well i hope you all have had uh think about what your superpower might be and you know if this concept of being an empath applies to you and it really is something that only you will know if you are Um, and uh, you know perhaps you are a highly sensitive person Uh, that might be something to look into as well but see how you can turn whatever you perceive as suffering in your life how you can turn that into your superpower how can you flip the script on it all right well thank you everybody for joining us today and uh, i hope to see you all next week and uh, have a good time in the meantime enjoy if you search up empath on the internet you are going to find a plethora of different quizzes and tests and lists of uh, characteristics and so forth and by all means do explore them and uh, have fun with them however I would suggest that uh, the only way for you to know if you you are of that sensitivity uh, level if you like is to know it yourself. It's within yourself and it's only you who can determine what level of sensitivity you are because nobody is ever going to be able to experience you apart from yourself but when you come to the understanding of it then it's time for you to make a decision what you're going to do with it are you going to suffer under it or are you going to uh, develop it and build it into your toolbox and resourcefulness and also uh, develop it and evolve it for you, uh, for you to be able to use it in service to others, and also for your own growth and development. Navigating life as an empath is oftentimes very challenging, and it does require training. So, if you feel that you would uh, like to explore this aspect of yourself with uh, in a safe environment then uh, please contact us at thealchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, let's see if we can help you build a roadmap for yourself thank you for listening in today and uh, for taking time enjoying this episode and uh, we'll uh, catch up with you next week friday 11 11 a.m british time as we release the next episode in the meantime take care and enjoy